The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Twitter says he loves college hoops and talking tribe. Like Shefty and Secret Squirrel, he's a two-phone guy. If you look at his starter bowling league, he already has a team. The editor of all our fantasy, he's not cool Keith, not cool Keith. He rarely speaks on the pod, but not cool Keith, not cool Keith, not cool Keith. Lips and rocks. Limbs go! Love it. Welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast and a shout out to our friends Kit and Chip for that lovely addition to our archive of amazing theme songs. Keith, much so deserved. Good. Yeah, so, so good. good. Kit and Chip, great to have them at the live show on Tuesday night. Thank you again to all those who came out to Rams Head Live in Baltimore. Great and show. We, we got to bring Keith up on stage for his new theme song. And as you would expect, Keith was shy. Short on words. But I know he liked it. I know he liked it. Oh, I definitely liked it. I, I don't lie. I won't lie about that. But I'm, yeah. Talk about blushing. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely got me there. Well done there. And love to hear that one used again going forward. We've got Mike, Stefania, and me, Field Yates, with a busy Thursday ahead of us. We're going to preview, of course, Jaguars and Titans. Derrick Henry might score a touchdown. He did so four times the last time they played, plus wide receiver, cornerback matchups, and, of course, your questions. But before we get to that, we got some news. So, Daniel, let's get to it. Rewind. see news from the National Football League. It's the instant replay. Just a little bit of news. A little bit right here is David Njoku of the Browns, tight end, who we saw leave the game on Monday night against the Jets. It was a pretty nasty fall he took. Sort of landed on his head, shoulder, and wrist at the same time. And, Stefania, we know now not just a head issue, but even more that he's dealing with. Yeah, when he landed, the first thing I thought was I really didn't like the way it kind of jammed his head to the side. It looked like a head and neck injury, and so the concussion didn't surprise us. But coming out yesterday that he also has a wrist injury and uh, possibly could need surgery, which would cost him multiple weeks. So uh, I know sometimes I was already thinking short week, you never make assumptions about the concussion protocol anyway, but when you have one less day, a little riskier. But people who might be thinking, oh, well, it might just be one week. It sounds like it could definitely be longer. All right. Well, uh, I would imagine, Mike, that if you're going to look in-house, Demetrius Harris would be the next Browns tight end up. But the question might be this. Is A, is the role even valuable enough? B, is Harris good enough? And C, if not, there's got to be other options. And who might they be that come to mind at that tight end spot to replace David Njoku? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, you tell me if he was effective. He played 46 of 59 snaps in week two. I like that. He uh, had one target. Okay, so not don't good. like that not part. Good for fantasy. You, know, you don't like yeah. that at all. Listen, he's already 28 years old. He's never caught more than 18 passes in a season. So I'm not This is Demetrius Harris. This is Demetrius Harris, of yeah. course, of course. So uh, not too interested there. I'll say this. I mean, maybe... Maybe, dare I say, perhaps in deeper leagues, could Ricky Seals Jones, who is on that roster, wow. jump back into the, the blast fans. from the past? Right. So could he? <laughs> maybe they expand his role this week. We'll keep an eye on that. You don't need to add him right now, though. Uh, maybe in a deep dynasty league or a two tight end league, you keep an eye on him. Um, but no, I would stay away. I'm looking at you know maybe Will Disley off waivers or Greg Olson might be out there in a few leagues. Jason Witten, uh, some guys that could kind of hold down the fort for you. I will say this though, I, and I don't know about you guys, but. I don't think Njoku is a must-hold right now, especially if you nope. only have five no. or six bench spots. You don't have to keep no. him on your roster. I think when when he's trending towards being close to coming back, you know he'll probably be back in the top ten conversation, but not a must-hold right now. Yeah, I mean, look, they're talking about potentially four weeks. I we don't know anything about the exact nature of it, and it's still all in the speculative department. But if I thought that I would be without him. For a month, I am not holding on to that spot. A target share of just 10% for David Njoku. Obviously, it's a small, small sample size. But a player that has always had a lot of promise because of the athletic skills, just not convinced it's it's ever lived up to the hype or that it ever will necessarily. And obviously, it's going to have to be after he returns from the injury. But I think for sure I'd be comfortable dropping David Njoku. Yeah, I, and I would just say this. I mean, he, 10% share fine. He, did, he had six targets in week one. He didn't play too much in week two. So I don't want to crush him too much. But I did score a touchdown in that game, too. Um, and it's his third year, and you know he came in really young. 
you know, really young. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes you see like your two into three into four. That's when these guys start to bloom. You see like Zach Ertz and George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. They really start to hit their stride a little later, a uh, few years in. So I think there's still plenty of hope there. I'm not maybe as pessimistic uh, about uh, as you are. So we'll keep an eye on that. But again, short term, like just for this year, again, you don't have to hold them right now. All right. So that's the news on David and Joe, who the Browns will have to find ways against a very good Rams defense to get the passing game going on Sunday night. The game is in Cleveland. But the first game that is in prime time this week, Jaguars and Titans. Time now, Daniel, for game preview. A game preview indeed. The last time the Titans played the Jaguars, they played on Thursday night. A sleepy Thursday night late last season until Derrick Henry woke us all up. Those who might remember, 238 rushing yards. Is that good? 99-yard rushing touchdown. Um, Yeah. One of four that he had that night. Four touchdowns. It really hasn't slowed down since. In every game since that time, Derrick Henry has had at least 80 rushing yards. He's been very effective. Nine rushing touchdowns. So I think we all feel pretty confident that, yes, you're starting Derrick Henry, who has been effective so far in two games this season, over 80 rushing yards in each game. Of course, he had that 75-yard receiving touchdown in Week 1 against the Cleveland Browns. That being said, the Titans, as a team, Besides Derrick Henry, don't seem to offer a whole lot in terms of fantasy. Is there anybody, Mike, anybody? I guess Delaney Walker. So maybe even outside of Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry. Anybody that tickles your fancy here for the Titans offense? Uh, not that I'm going to be starting this week. I mean, I'm super pumped for uh, A.J. Brown down the road. We'll see. I mean, he's starting to emerge as perhaps their best receiver, so I'm excited for him down the road. I want him on my bench, but I'm not starting him. But uh, you mentioned Walker. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by him. His 24% target share so far this season is his highest since 2015. So they're actually using him more than they have in the past few years when he was a top five fantasy tight end for three straight years. He's been delivering the goods a little over his head in the touchdown department. He's probably a one, he is two. So he can't count on that, but he's ninth in targets at that position. So uh, definitely like Walker right now as a back end tight end one. I feel like we always say this about Delaney Walker, and yet it becomes more true every time that we say it. One of the most underappreciated players no in doubt. the NFL and now back and healthy. That's a good sign. Not a player that you're considering starting tonight. I'll just make this observation. Very confused by Adam Humphrey's usage Mm -hmm. and his role right now with the Titans. Through two games, four targets, four for Adam Humphreys. It feels like a very small amount for a guy that I believe you paid, what, $9.5 million per season this offseason? I thought that he would be the guy, I thought he could lead them in targets and maybe do so easily. It is incredible how little they've used him so far this year. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, too. A part of it has been, I think, game script, too, right? Uh, they've been able to run the football. And, in fact, they have had two tight ends on the field on 40, two or more tight ends on the field for 40% of their Hold pass up, plays. I'm not buying the game script thing. Nine and a half million bucks a year, Mike. You should be on the... Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm getting to that. So (laughs) they are number one in two plus tight end sets, and they don't want to use them on the outside. So I agree with you. Okay. If you're going to give them that much money, you you should have a plan for them. So I'm with you. I'm just saying that's why they prefer other guys in the perimeter. I don't know if they have regrets. He's, He's talked about not having the chemistry just yet. With Marcus Mariota, maybe that'll develop as some as it goes on. But I dropped him in some leagues. I'm with you. I took late flyers. I thought he would see a ton of targets this year. It's very disappointing. Yeah, it's confusing so far. Now I think things they have to get better because they can't get any worse. But just one to keep an eye on. I know it's only two weeks in, so maybe this is one of those storylines that we say in November. What were we thinking? Worrying about Adam Humphreys and only getting four targets through two games. There is a player on the Jaguars that you're obviously starting. He is for now at least still a teammate of Jalen Ramsey's. He's also the subject of our IBM Watson Insight of the Week. We handed over to Kyle for Leonard Fournette. Kyle, what does Watson say? Yeah, Watson gives him a 25% chance to boom this week, which would mean over 23 points. He has just 24.1 points on the season. Do you like him in this spot tonight? So here's what I would say about Leonard Fournette. I think people would view him to this point as disappointment. Um, Kyle has had 12 points per game basically through the first two weeks. But I've actually been encouraged by Leonard Fournette, and here's the reason why. His passing game usage, back-to-back games with six or more targets, that happens infrequently during his career. I believe he has, yeah, he has eight, ga- eight catches total. You take four catches a game for Leonard Fournette. It's just the touchdowns that haven't yet come for Leonard Fournette. So I think he is more likely to boom. Did you give me a bust statistic there or no? I don't think you gave me a bust, but whatever. 
I think he's going to boom tonight. Mike, am I crazy for thinking he has his chance to boom tonight? Not at all. Not at all. And if you rely on our projections at ESPN, you'll often see that guys getting a lot of volume who maybe aren't scoring touchdowns or the efficiency has been a little weak are definitely going to be projected a little higher than you might expect if their fantasy points are down. And the reason is volume is king in fantasy football. You want to chase volume, not efficiency, not touchdowns. And that is the case for Fournette, who is 23rd right now in fantasy points at running back, but 10th in OFP or expected fantasy points. Why? 28 carries so far, top 10 in running back, as you mentioned, in targets, receptions, receiving yards. He's handling 93% of their carries so far and 18% of the targets. That is massive workhorse usage. Also, the uh, Titans defense, top 10 in rushing yards and yards per carry allowed so far. So they've been exploited a little bit there. There's a lot to like in this one. Could not get in the goal line last week. Yeah, like that was it, it, you were if you had Leonard Fournette, you, sure that you, two point you, conversion right, to, right. to send the game right. to you would well, have had a ended little, the game. Yeah, that would have that would have sealed the game. You had a couple more fantasy points from him. I still to me he feels like a guy who should be able to. He's a big physical guy. I wanted to see him push through there. I think I'm you not, are you you are one of many that would totally like to see that. that and listen, we want to see more explosiveness, to, right? right? I mean, exactly. he's gone. Three straight games without a 15-plus yard carry. Maybe it's the offensive line, but still, a fourth overall running back pick Mm -hmm. is someone that you expect to make a lot of yards on his own, regardless of how the line is being blocked. Before we pick a game, these wide receivers have been solid so far, Mike. Specifically, DJ Shark. Should you be starting him this week? Yeah, DJ Shark, do-do-do, right? Baby Shark, DJ Shark. Pretty good right there. (laughs) Love it. Uh yeah, I like Chark a lot. He was a, a a really popular, well, for me anyway, I liked him as a sleeper in the offseason. Just an unheralded second-year receiver, right? He was a second-round pick last year, good size speed. So I'm really intrigued by him. I want him on my bench. In deeper league, I'm considering him for my flex spot. You can you could say the same thing about Chris Conley, who's been good. But yeah, I mean, Chark is wide receiver six in fantasy points right now. And we have them all ranked like outside the top 45. It feels low. But at the same time, the target shares at 20% in this low-volume offense. We need it to be a little bit higher, also playing against a pretty good Tennessee defense. And we need to see it for a little bit longer, too, I think. He's still a risky start in fantasy, despite uh, spiking with uh, actually really two big plays that really uh, push his fantasy point total up so far. So I'm super excited for him. I like what I've seen from Conley, too, but I don't think they're secure fantasy starters just yet. Fortunately, he has America's newest icon as his quarterback, Gardner Minshew, the player <laughs> uh, that we don't necessarily deserve, but we get all the same. We love ourselves from Gardner Minshew the second. Every story I hear about him gets better. can only imagine what it's going to be like. The fodder, the gold that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman probably picked up during their production meetings this week. The national stage was meant for Gardner Minshew. He was here to win football games. That's what he's here for. And along those lines... I'm going to buck some trends. The Titans are favored. And so far, when I pick against the Titans, they win. When I pick them to win, they lose. So I'm on a bad streak. I'm going to snap that streak tonight, baby. I got the Jaguars in this game at home. So do I. Low-scoring game, Jags 17, Titans 16, which means it's going to be 47-46. But I'm going 17-16 Jags. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags, and they're going to get A.J. Boye back tonight. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps them. Jalen Ramsey playing, we think. He's playing. I mean... He'll be there. Right. We'll right, see. Right. The, yeah, last time they, the last time they played the Titans, I, I don't think anybody on the Jags defense showed up. So I think that they're, they are they understand that now, and I'm going to take the Jags. Okay. Daniel, you want to break the trend here? You know what? Here's what's weird. So the public is 77% on the Titans, 23% on the Jags, and yet all three of you took the Jags. They don't like the, the fighting what do you got? issues? I'm going to take the Jags as well. <laughs> there you go. It's I, I fun, just, right? right? It feels good. It feels it? good. Let's, wow. Let's do a quick update of our uh, pigskin pick'em standings here because, Field, you've got 23 wins on the year. That's a commanding lead. Yeah. Wow. Commanding lead of one. One. So I'm at 23. Keith is at 22. Stefania, Daniel, Matthew, and Kyle are tied at 21. Oh, Mike. in seventh place? Mike, oh, it's a little bit of a faded Mike. text. Oh, but yeah. you know Mike, I, I thought you had you know 19. I, I thought you had 19 when we had our show meeting. Did you add one? He, he had one to everybody <laughs> that got Monday Night Football right. But what I see there is a small sample size. That's what I see. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Nerd. Long way to go. Nerd. He's a He's my I don't know. I'll probably be wrong, but I think the Jaguars win this game, and I think that Jalen Ramsey has an interception. I Ooh. smell a victory. And I smell a MeUndies library, yes, Stefania. Yes. What's that I smell? Ah, yes. Pumpkin spice. The leaves are crunchy. The breeze is crisp. It is chilly this morning. It's officially onesie season. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and officially fall. Fall means back to school, back from vacay. Everything dies. Very sad. What? But 
Fall is a time to get soft. It's time to get cozy. It's time to cuddle up. Me undies, the softest undies in the world, knows a little thing or two about that. When they say they're soft, they mean they're softer than the foam on top of your pumpkin spice latte. They mean they're softer than your favorite hoodie. Softer and cozier than drinking a warm mug of hot apple cider. Softer than fall things. You get the idea. MeUndies are designed to be the softest thing you've ever put on your body, available in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies just introduced five new silhouettes with the Feel Free Collection for Women, designed with every body type in mind and a featherlight waistband for you to feel free. The prints are fun. I, I personally love the dinosaurs. And... But they also offer classic colors and don't always play by the rules. MeUndies just launched white after Labor Day. I, I'll tell you what. I just got a pair of white boxers that were all white. I wore them last night. And, well, I wore them for part of last. Oh, for any time okay. that I was wearing underwear like, last night, I was wearing what? them. I, and it was they were really comfortable for that like for that brief moment okay. in time. Thank I you for that contribution. I think that's more information than they wanted us to have from you, but... MeUndies has, moving along, MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash FFF. That's MeUndies.com slash FFF. I right. almost couldn't tell when I wasn't wearing them. That's how comfortable they were. That's and how I... white you are? Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Daniel the Casper. Casper Daniel. You're a ghost over there, young Daniel. You stepped into that. All right, Michael. Good time for uh, your article, which, of course, posts every week on ESPN.com. It's about wide receivers and quarterbacks matching up. Stefania calls it the best article of the week. I call it something different. That being said, I kid, I kid. Let's get through some players who actually have favorable matchups this week. Mike, including, I don't know, you're trying to reverse jinx him here? Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones taking on your Philadelphia Eagles. What say you about this matchup? What say me is, um, as an Eagles fan, I'm tired of talking about the Eagles corners every week because it's nonstop uh, that they get picked on. And this is going on for years. They refuse to address it. But nonetheless, here we go. Eagles have allowed the second most fantasy Yellen points Ramsey. to wide receivers. This, yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll keep an eye on uh, what how he does with uh, in the trade market. But nonetheless, Eagles getting beat up again by wide receivers. Terry McLaurin, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, all over 100 yards against them in just two games. They all scored a touchdown as well. Trey Quinn scored a fifth touchdown against them. I mean, they just cannot stop <clears> these guys. Uh, McLaurin, Jones, and really all outside receivers primarily line up on the perimeter. And so it's no coincidence, Eagles have allowed the most fantasy points to outside receivers and guys that line uh, wide to the right, third most to players who line up wide to the left. It's just been atrocious on the outside. That's where Kenny Galladay lines up 85% of the time. It's where Marvin Jones lines up 64% of the times uh, of the time. These guys are set up for a huge game at the link this week. Uh, Galladay, we're locking in the lineup, so we love him. But Jones is a good flex option. And honestly, in DFS, he's a guy I'd look at too. Okay, Marvin Jones has caught nine of his 10 targets so far this season. Galladay owns a 26.4% target share, which is 16th best Amongst wide receivers, small sample size, and Mike keeps telling us, but still. Yeah, but Philly has allowed 680 passing yards this season. I had to read that a couple times. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot. Second most in the NFL. I, I yeah. can't even, I'm sure some, well, I don't know who is worse, but. Dolphins? That's a, wouldn't be a surprise. Stefania nailed it. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Who might be at the bottom of a lot of categories. So just think, this you're just, your team is just below the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. In one they do category. a lot well. They do not stop the pass well, <laughs> at least in the secondary. And, and I mean, teams just know to attack there, right? It's just like, sure. they, Listen, I, I don't know what they're Don't doing. run the football I, against them. Although, you know, the depth will be tested on the defensive line with Timmy Jernigan being banged up and obviously Malik Jackson being out for this season. DK Metcalf and the Seahawks go to uh, host New Orleans and the Saints this weekend. Of course, no Drew Brees, but we're not concerned with the quarterbacks for right now. DK Metcalf, who's had a pretty strong start to the season, he's oh, playing yeah. a ton. Like he is an every down snap player me. for them, basically. Oh, okay. It yeah, worries to find yeah, you. It worries me a little bit. Okay. I don't think he's built for that. I mean, we talked a little bit about it in the preseason. Obviously, he's an incredible physical specimen. But if you go back to the combine, and not that I live and die by all the combine numbers, but the eyeball test, um, you know, vertical, he's amazing. But agility, lateral, all of those, that, that could be a problem. And he's had a number of injuries and even started off this year with an mm-hmm. injury issue. Now, he came back very quickly, and it was impressive. But uh, he's the kind of guy that I worry about overuse contributing to issues for him. There goes Stefania wet blanketing us again, Mike. Counter to what Stefania just said is what? 
the counter is I like the matchup this week. Yeah, so he's healthy right now. Like yeah, healthy that, that, the those moment. things are not mutually exclusive. So yeah, take advantage this week. Yeah, exactly. And this is tough because he could draw the Marshawn Lattimore shadow on the perimeter. I think it's a, there's a very good chance that happens. Although David Moore is expected to play, so maybe maybe uh, Lattimore just plays aside. And Lattimore's been pretty good as early round rookie cornerbacks go. At times, I've considered him a tough matchup, but he has not been this year. He has struggled out of the gate. In fact, uh, you look at where. DK Metcalf lines up at right, uh, excuse me, at left wide receiver 70% of the time. Well, Lattimore's been at right corner, which would be opposite that, on uh, 75% of his coverage snaps. And the Saints are allowing the most fantasy points to that spot this season. So uh, as good as you think Lattimore is, he's been heavily targeted and he's given up a lot of fantasy production. Also, Metcalf, we talked about, uh, Stefani just did about his vertical abilities, average depth of target, a little over 17 yards this season, also two end zone targets. That's why he's wide receiver 30 in fantasy. And again, Seahawks are at home. We know they have a terrific home field advantage. They're set up for success, I think, against the Saints team, so uh, especially Metcalf. This goes in line with what you said about air yards, but uh, DK Metcalf, fifth in the NFL in terms of yards per catch, and then also has six of Seattle's 10 deep targets this year, which you think if anybody was going to dominate there coming into the season, it might be Tyler Lockett. Instead, it's DK Metcalf, who's healthy for now and pretty impressive thus far. Last one here is the Vikings, who face the Raiders. And allow me to correct this from earlier. I said that the Dolphins have actually allowed more passing yards than the Eagles. It's the Raiders. It's the Even Raiders. better. The Raiders have been wow. worse than the Eagles, Mike. So which, the Eagles have been worse than the Dolphins. That bodes well now yeah. here for the Vikings. That's because the Dolphins are so bad, the teams are just running the ball. They don't oh, even have to throw okay. it against them. But so. Mike, we have a little bit of a problem here. Yeah. It seems like the passing game volume concerns you a bit as it pertains to Stephon Diggs specifically. Yeah, no question about it. Stephon Diggs is wide receiver 69 in fantasy points right now. Like, it's not going Sounds so like well. Sounds like a Rob Gronkowski stat. Yeah. 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 Nice, that, Stephon. Yeah. There you go. I see what you did there. Um, but Diggs actually had that long touchdown, too. And not, still, not barely. And he had the short one taken away from him, too. Yes. Yeah. But that's that, that's that, fair. To but be fair, one of those games, they only yeah. threw through 10 passes. So it, like, it's been like, a weird start for Stephon It's been a Stephon weird Diggs. start for them all the way around, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about two guys that were top 20 receivers last year. I mean, right. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Again, Diggs, nine targets so far in two games. Thielen is wide receiver 35, which is disappointing Thielen. for him. And he only has 118 yards and a touchdown. Both top, both are not top 80 a receiver in pass routes so far. The volume has not been there, and they're going to continue to run. This was a concern in the offseason, and I think it's going to carry over. However... That being said, they have a great matchup this week. We talked about uh, the uh, Raiders giving up a ton of yardage to wide receivers. They're fourth in terms of fantasy points a lot as well. Uh, think about the receivers so far that they have faced. Demarcus Robinson last week, 172 yards and two touchdowns. Cortland Sutton, 120 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, 86 and a touchdown. Miko Hardman, 61 yards a touchdown. Should, should add a second. Even Sammy Watkins put up over double-digit fantasy points last week despite a kind of an inefficient day. They mostly line up on the perimeter. Those guys I just listed, that's where we're going to see Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs with Chad Beebe in the slot this week. They're set up for uh, a bit of a bounce back week. All right, more on wide receiver cornerback matches. But first, let me tell you a little something about Dollar Shave Club. Because when we talk about Dollar Shave Club, we can't stress enough the quality of their products. I feel like every time we do this read, I have freshly have been shaven. Shave. They spent years developing, crafting, and refining everything. They have everything you can use to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it, they have it. You know, as amazing as their shave stuff is, Dollar Shave Club is actually way more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe. They have everything you need to shower, shave, style your hair, brush your teeth, and yes, even wipe your rump. And Dollar Shave Club can keep you automatically stocked up on the products you use. You get what you want whenever you need it, whether that's once a month or a few times a year. You never know how, you never have to waste time at a store wondering if what you're getting is any good. As a Dollar Shave Club member, you know what you're getting is the highest quality. And right now, you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club's products to the test. Their ultimate shave starter set has basically everything you need for an amazing shave. The executive razor, shave butter, prep scrub, and my favorite, the post-shave do. The best part is you can try it for just $5. After that, you re- the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at shaveclub.com, excuse me, at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. Mike, Tyra, Williams, and the Raiders, in the other side of that matchup, mm-hmm. play the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Before we ask you about the matchup, though, Stefania, a little bit banged up is Sir Williams. Yeah, he has, he has a hip pointer, and those can be very painful. Mm. Usually a deep bruise right at the 
right at the point of the hip. And uh, depending on how much bruising, bleeding there is in the area, it actually can really inhibit your quad function. So when you're needing to get down the field and run hard, if you have a hip pointer, it's definitely um, at risk of inhibiting you. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. We'll see what he does. He says he plans to play, but I would just say let's keep an eye on it. He may not be at full go, may not be able to stretch the field like you would hope that he would. Okay, well, he is certainly their best wide receiver they have at doing that, and he gets a bad matchup this week, Mike, so watch out, Tyra Williams. Yeah, def- definitely watch. I thought you were going somewhere further with that. Oh. So I just sat there and waited. <laughs> Awkward pregnant pause there. Yeah, Thanks, was, Mike. Yeah, appreciate uh, it. Yep. But anyway, uh, tough matchup. Uh, he's going to draw the Xavier Road shadow in Minnesota. We know they're terrific in terms of not allowing many receiving yards over the years. Williams uh, lining up on the outside almost 80% of the time this season. We've already seen Road shadow Devontae Adams and Julio Jones this season. And he has been targeted at an above average rate. Uh, teams are still going to throw to guys like Jones and Adams, and perhaps they will Williams. But he's actually been uh he's allowing a little under 0.3 fantasy points per route which means nothing to most people but it's just take it for me it's good like it's it's a decent it's a better than average rate so he's been playing good football he's going to chase Williams around in this game it's a slight downgrade okay there you go and last one here Devontae Adams Marquez Valdez-Scantley but let's focus on Adams here Mike they play the Broncos three tough defenses for the uh, Packers out of the gates. The Bears, obviously last week, uh, the Vikings, right? And then here we are now with the Broncos. Devontae Adams, still a very highly touted player, but a little bit nervous here, Mike, because of the matchup will draw against no longer just a slot corner, Chris Harris. Yeah, not only not just a slot corner, Chris Harris, he has played zero snaps in the slot this How season. How about that? He's just a perimeter guy now, which is crazy. Mm. It's new. It's it's great. I'm glad uh, he's going to get that exposure to the perimeter because he has been one of the most underrated players in the league over the past few years. But we saw him shadow Allen Robinson at times in week two. I fully expect him to chase Devontae Adams around this week. And uh, think about this. This is how good Harris has been so far playing on the outside again, which is pretty new for him. He's aligned at the left perimeter corner spot and almost just under 80% of his coverage snaps. The Broncos have allowed the fewest fantasy points to that wide receiver slot this season. So he's been really good. Um, Adams does line up in the slot about a third of the time. So he could potentially get away from Harris if Harris stays on the outside. But at the same time, considering the landscape of the Packers offense, would it shock me at all if Harris covered him on every play? We know he could go to the slot. It's possible. So it makes me nervous for Adams, especially in daily fantasy. You got you have to start him at season long, but in daily fantasy, I think I'd avoid this week. Okay, good stuff there. More on the daily fantasy in just a little bit from Daniel. We're taking a quick break, but when we come back, we've got some rankings chatter, including why I am attempting to reverse jinx a certain quarterback. We'll see if it works. Fantasy, you're in the old six Philip Rivers, brilliant as a quarterback. He's been amazing. He's been unbelievable. And now the only member of that 2004 class that's still a starter for his team is Eli Manning is benched. Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. I would, and I would say, I, I retweeted um, Eric Williams, who covers the Chargers for us, the NFL Nation reporter, who wrote a nice piece on the durable Philip Rivers. How they've had all the, they've had these injuries and all these setbacks, and he, he's a constant. And I retweeted this line in particular with 210, just think about that number, 210 consecutive starts. Rivers, the active NFL leader, has not missed a start since the Chargers named him the starting quarterback in 2006. Yeah, pretty remarkable by Philip Rivers. The guy has stood the test of time. All those children are keeping him young and spry <laughs> and afoot. I don't think it works that way, but anyway. Okay, ahead. anyways, I've got Philip Rivers as quarterback 18 this week against... The Houston Texans, who I thought were much improved in terms of generating pressure on the opposing quarterback last week. Maybe that was because they were playing the Jaguars and not the Saints. Mike, you got him up at 11, Stefania at 12. And again, maybe I'm reverse jinxing him. Maybe I have him a six-point passing touchdown league where I could really use him because my team is otherwise pretty solid. But 18, it just feels like you know there have been good spots for Phillip Rivers, and this is a bit anecdotal. Overreach, you know, for, for a while now. It doesn't. It just feels like when he's in a uh, when he is in a good spot, he does not capitalize like others seem to do. Now, maybe I'm sure someone could break that argument down and tell me I'm a moron. I guess maybe as somebody who has rostered him in this keeper league for a couple of years now, that I think of it in that regard. Why am I wrong in this week, Mike? I think you're struggling with the the whole Philip Rivers concept, like the fantasy versus reality, right? Like we know he's a, a, a superstar quarterback, right? He's outstanding. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's terrific. But- I love the guy. 
Yeah, but he's not a good fantasy quarterback. He there it is. For a long time, right? He just has it. It's, so that's what a, it boils that's down That's what's to. frustrating, and I totally get it. That said, QB 15 so far this season, despite a pretty quiet week two. He's also dealt with an NFL high four drops, a tough one in, in Detroit, which we kind of expected a low-volume, lower-scoring-ish game. Uh, and, and again, still But even that, still like, it's, it's the maddening interceptions that get you on Philip yeah, Rivers, the, right? Yeah, sure. Those yeah. are probably it, right? It's, there's obviously zero rushing value whatsoever. Not just, like, zero rushing attempts. Like, you know, in like scrambles, et cetera. And I know Warren Sharp, our friend, has been on this for a long time. They don't quarterback sneak with Philip Rivers. Right. So, like, was it, I think Tom Brady got a rushing touchdown last week against the Dolphins, a one yard rushing touchdown, right. a QB sneak. You'll never see that. You won't even get that yeah. from Philip Rivers, which I know we're talking about like a play that might happen like, you know, three times a season. But still, what if he has three rushing attempts per season from the half? Yard line that could be touchdowns. Yeah, you might get uh, one carry for negative two yards and a kneel or something. That's right, exactly right. That's literally what it is for Philip Rivers. But, um, but again, this week back home playing Houston, they've allowed the third most completions through two games, ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and a really high completion percentage at 72%, which again, kind of fit into Philip Rivers, what he does well. So I think he can have an effective day at home in this one. Again, I have him QB 11, so yeah. not even starting him in 10-team leagues, but he's close. And yeah. just such a good report. Him and Keenan Allen, like you're just watching. Keenan Allen's oh. been amazing. The volume there. I feel like this is going to be a big Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen tandem. The yards have been solid as well. 290 plus passing yards in both games this season for Philip Rivers. Mitch Trubisky is a player that I like playing fantasy football uh, with my wife, Chapin, now because her, I like how her emotions are very emblematic, I think, of people that are, that are just, you know, that are not necessarily hardcore, but also more than just casual, right? It's like she's Mm -hmm. saying, like, why would I want to start Mitch Trubisky? Tell me why. He's let me down through two games. And here we are, Monday Night Football. Is it a good matchup, you think? Because we all have him as a top 15 play this week, despite the fact that he is quarterback 29, not 9, not 19, quarterback 29 through two weeks. Do we really believe that he can get things going this week against the Redskins? I don't know if I believe it. I think I'm hoping. You know what I mean? Because we keep hearing about what Mitchell Trubisky could be, Mm -hmm. and yet we have yet to see it. But if there was ever an opportunity to put it on display, I think it's this week against Washington. Yeah, I mean, to his defense, he's been terrible so far. We, I mean, there's no really way <laughs> around it. That's he, his defense? No, no, that's not his defense. Um, <laughs> that was a qualifier. So he's been terrible so far. They have played the Packers, whose defense seems to be much better uh, for sure. We'll see how that transpires over, uh, or progresses as the year goes on. And at Denver, which is a very tough environment. Denver's success at home in weeks one and two in, in the franchise history has been unreal. And they actually should have won that game uh, uh, this past weekend. Yeah, but nonetheless. So it was a obviously a tough start, but they're playing Washington, fourth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks so far. They've already allowed six passing touchdowns, which is second to only Miami, and a 78% completion rate, which is second worst in the NFL. So there's a chance to get back on track at Washington. We'll see if he can do it. My my biggest concern with Trubisky is he is not running the ball at Four all. Four rushing attempts so far, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and remember, late in the season, when he got hurt last year, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So this is kind of crazy that... He's not running the ball. It's it's about almost as surprising as like Kyler Murray not running the ball. It's just right. uh, and that affects fantasy for sure. So, uh, I, well, yeah, the I'm, only I'm reason concerned. why I'm more surprised with Trubisky versus Murray is like we have a sample size of yes. Trubisky running it at the NFL mm-hmm. level. I know that Kyler and was amazing at the college level, but like Baker was a good runner at the college level. He doesn't run him any, anymore in the NFL. Sometimes teams want to protect their quarterback more than running him out there all the time. Mark Ingram's kind of an interesting one. He's been amazing. The 12th best running back in fantasy through two weeks so far this season. I've got him at 18. Mike has him at 27. Stefani has him at 25. And I kind of knew where you guys were leaning with this one. They're playing Kansas City. Kansas City plays shootouts. They don't yeah. play grinded out games. Mark Ingram and the Ravens have just run right over their first two opponents. They're not going to be playing with a massive lead on Sunday. I don't believe. Also, I know, Mike, you are concerned about the passing game involvement here for Mark Ingram. Yeah, no doubt. And you just mentioned that it could be a shootout. There could be a lot of passing in this game. Well, look at the pass routes run by the running backs so far. Only 18 for Justice Hill, but he leads he leads the running backs. Mark Ingram is at 17. Gus Edwards, believe it or not, is at 10. So, I mean, there are, it's almost pass a routes, three yeah. in terms of pass routes. Right. So um, we've only seen two targets out of Mark Ingram so far. Not good. He's actually only 20th at running back and carries with 27 as well. Whereas he delivered, uh, it's been kind of in the, in the touchdown department so far, but, uh, he's only RB 25 in OFP or expected fantasy points and he is ninth in OTD. So he's actually getting some work at the goal line, but essentially to pay off this week, I think you're going to have to get more catches than expected or he's going to have to convert from the goal line. By yeah, the way, the which Chiefs. Which he's going to do. Yeah. Fourth fewest uh, fantasy points allowed to running back so far as well are the Chiefs. So well, that's going to change. Well, yeah. It's going to change because oh, what's yeah. going to happen is early on in this game, the Ravens are going to score a touchdown. And when the game is close early on in this game, they're going to score a touchdown. 
a rushing touchdown by Mark Ingram. All right, put that's it on the I, board. Yeah, you're putting put that on the board. Yeah. I just feel like this is one of those games, and I know it's a long time ago, seasons change. But the Patriots AFC Championship game recipe was as close as what I think that's what teams want to do, which is mm-hmm. find a way to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Every team is going to go into the into the matchup with the Chiefs and say, we are going to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field as best we can. There's one way to do that. Run the football a ton, which is why I'm more optimistic on Mark Ingram, and I think he does find the end zone on Sunday. At Arrowhead, I believe. Where's the yeah, thing? Yeah, Where's yeah, the thing? Oh, are you guys kidding uh, me? You know why we dis- we go away, we do a live show, we're gone for a day, and then we lose all of our best props. No, where's that thing? Is it? I think Pat Mahomes. It's stole not the easy to steal. Mahomes because stole it. It's talking it's to Mark giant. What? Where is it? Oh, oh, there, he oh is. there it is. Found it. And then finally, that was pretty good. That's appropriate. Pretty good. Yeah, it's yes. nice. At Arrowhead, one more. Oh, oh, you're not allowed. You're not You're not allowed to, no. You're forever. Thank you, Daniel, for okay. that. Hopefully, uh, Mark Ingram will put in more effort at the goal line than you just did for that bell. And that was a weekend. tap. That was a love tap. Mike, tell me more about TD Ameritrade before we get to the Chiefs running back in that game. All right. Analyzing numbers, pouring over projections, spotting trends. That sounds like a fun, after, fun day mm-hmm. to me. I mean, oof, love this. All things you do to set your fantasy lineup every single week. That's true. But did you know... Investors do the same thing for their portfolio every single day. What does that mean? I don't know. It means you might have the skills to trade. And TD Ameritrade is all the tools you need to take your investing knowledge to the next level. There's paper money, so you can practice trading risk-free. Data data visualization tools like charting and heat mapping to help you spot uh, spot trends in the market. I'm so excited for this read. I can't even spit the words out. I love it. Love it. And they'll even create an investing training plan that's unique to you and all your needs, complete with exclusive videos, webcasts, and courses. Talk to TD Ameritrade to take your analysis skills from the fantasy gridiron to the trading floor. Just visit tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to learn more. That's tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to get started. Member SI. PC. Good stuff there, Mike. Let's talk about the Chiefs running backs for a second, specifically Damian Williams. But Stefania, it's actually a two-pronged injury update here on both Damian Williams and also Shady McCoy. What do you know on those two? Right. Uh, LaShawn McCoy injured late in the Sunday game with an ankle issue. The MRI came back negative, so it sounds like uh, it sounds like there's very solid chance that he's available Wednesday. Neither uh, McCoy nor Williams practice, but it's still early, so I feel pretty pretty good about LaShawn McCoy. Damian Williams, a little bit tougher, has a knee contusion. This is one of the things, a contusion is deep bruise. A lot of it depends on where it is and how much bleeding there is in the area. When you have bleeding and bruising, you know, they they say the knee. Is it like at the joint or is it in the quad, like right near the knee? I think we just hear contusion. You think, oh, no big deal. It's a bruise. Like they'll shake it off. But if they have a lot of swelling and bleeding in the area, they're not going to be able to run. So uh, stay tuned on him. I think that one's much more up in the air. Mike, the good news is Damian Williams catch the football because he can barely run it. 22 carries for 34 yards this season. But the pass catching involvement is enough to keep him relevant. Yeah, no doubt. And we sort of saw the kind of return earth coming in the rushing department in the offseason, right? We talked about his struggles again uh, after contact. And it's kind of it, it's kind of transpired that way. It's been worse than expected. One and a half yards per carry is something we would actually expect him to go the other direction uh, going forward. So uh, here's the thing: I'm still a little bit high on him this week. He's handled 46 percent of their carries, which is a pretty decent number when you get 14 percent of the targets in a high-scoring, pass-heavy offense. So 26th in the league in carries is probably again higher than you, you realize. Sixth in receptions and uh, receiving yards among, among running backs. And believe it or not, he is seventh in OFP at running back seventh so he's gotten some pretty high value touches so far this season again you worry about the efficiency but his efficiency could be a little below average if he's getting that sort of usage and still deliver RB2 numbers the Jets cornerback depth chart includes at the top of it Daryl Roberts Brian Poole Eric Carabo and Tremaine Johnson. <laughs> Nate Hairston now. He replaced Johnson. Johnson's oh, I'm out. sorry. I know. I know. I was Tremaine Johnson's been benched. How about that? Seventy two million dollars a guy gets benched. So yeah, tough. Rough, rough. That being said, um Julie Dunneman, I like him in this spot this week. I've got him at nineteenth. You guys are at twenty nine and twenty seven. Hmm. He's got over 14.5 points in 11 of the 14 games at the beginning of 2018. He's just got a valuable floor here, in my opinion. Are you guys worried that this game gets out of hand early and they just, they just run it, That's run exactly it, run it That's exactly where more? I went with that. I feel like it's not like he's going to be invisible, but I feel like he'll 
he'll be effective early and then he'll be done. Okay, Mike, yeah. is that about the same thing you feel? Yeah, he was kind of invisible last week, right? When they just totally destroyed the Dolphins and they're 20 plus point favorites this week again at home against the Jets. So, you know, he's only wide receiver 36 so far. I have him at 29, which is actually a little bit above that. Uh, only four targets against Miami last week, despite playing 60 snaps, right? So it's not like he played for a little. They were winning big. He took him off. They took him off the field. He's seeing a career low, actually his lowest target share since 2012 as well. Again, it's early. Don't want to get too caught up in that, but they do have Antonio Brown and they do have Josh Gordon, other Philip Dorsett. They want to mix him in as well, uh, as well as James White. So they have mouths to feed. Also, you mentioned their corners. Their best corner right now probably is Brian Poole in the slot. And that's where Julian Edelman is going to be most of the time. I'm not saying. Brian Poole's better than Edelman or can stop Edelman, but if you're playing the matchups like Bill Belichick often does, you're going to attack the perimeter. I think they come out this weekend with a major vengeance. I know it looked amazing last week when you saw the box score four to three to nothing, but the offense was actually pretty rusty in the first half. It was thirteen to nothing at the halftime of right. that game. Then they got mad. Much less. Then they got mad. Well, the defense really is what got <laughs> right. mad and played much and then, better. Uh, Kalen Balage kind of tipped the ball to yeah. the Patriots, and they ran in for a touchdown, and the wheels fell off. Like I know. I'm aware, James Mike. White I saw team. your Twitter spat. Yeah, Last one here. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton uh, against the Falcons. 26 for me, 16 for Mike. Stefania is at 24. Here's what I think. Mike Stefania and I read a certain guy on ESPN.com. He does a projection. He talks all about these pro- uh, regressions, right? Back-to-back game to the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Maybe it levels off a bit against a Falcon secondary that maybe maybe has a little bit of mojo after last week's performance. Yeah, he might Hilton limited with a bruised quad right now, so no, I'm don't, not sure don't. he's at 100. percent Okay, well, but he, yeah, he is wide receiver seven through two weeks. You're right. Over the head in the touchdown departments, his uh, OTD is one point one. He has three scores, so that'll come back to earth. Uh, however, he has a career high 28 percent target share, so they are force feeding him the football. His average depth of target's actually down to a little over nine yards. A curb has 80% catch rate. They're trying to manufacture touches for him. They're a very run-heavy offense now, but that's good in PPR. We like that. I mean, that's a good that's a good sign. We don't want him getting five, six targets deep downfield every game, or he'll catch two or three from Jacoby Brissett and, and be a bad fantasy receiver. The way they're utilizing him more in the short area is a good sign for him sustaining value even without Andrew Luck. So I like that. By the way, Atlanta's number is very good against receivers so far, but they only face 10 pass attempts against the Vikings, so that kind of <laughs> distorts those numbers a little Skews bit. Skews things just a little bit. So T.Y. Hilton, maybe someone you want to, I mean, it's always somebody you want to play in season-long value. Daniel, don't know about him in DraftKings daily plays, but you have both a live read and an announcement. You bet I do. Let me ask you, Field. Okay. Is there anything better than watching football? No, literally nothing, other than being married to Chapin. That's not true. Of course there is. Oh, okay. Tell me more. It's watching football with a DraftKings lineup on the line. Ah. I love Especially it. Especially this week. DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football, is giving new users a free shot at over $1.5 million in prizes with your first deposit when you sign up at DraftKings.com slash FFF. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with this football season. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at over one and a half million buckaroos. Head to DraftKings.com slash FFF right now. For a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. Plus, new users will get a free shot at over $1.5 million in prizes with your first deposit. That's DraftKings.com slash FFF for all new and existing users to claim your special offer. Only at DraftKings. A minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details and field, you mentioned it. We got an announcement. Uh, Mike Clay, as well as Al Zeidenfeld and myself, have been doing a DFS podcast. It's tremendous. Come through the first two weeks of the season. It has been coming out on Friday afternoons. We are actually going to move it up a day and release what? it on Thursday. So now every Thursday afternoon, you will have Love a that. more time to enjoy exactly the DFS podcast. Another DFS podcast for you guys to listen to. So. We are moving that to a Thursday, so check in the feed later on today. We'll have a fun DFS podcast, but Field, let's finish talking up some of our season-long stuff. That's right, and a couple of social questions. We turn it over to he of a new theme song fame. Always cool, Keith. (laughs) Jason wants to know, uh, Cooper Cup or Mike Evans the rest of the way? 
Closer than I would have expected it to be coming out of the season, I will lean towards Mike Evans. Here's the reason why. I think that he is bound to bounce back in a major way after a very slow start to the season. Um, Cooper Cup still one of three wide receivers as opposed to one of two wide receivers well, in his offense. But I will go with Mike Evans here. Yeah, I'm going to go Evans. So I actually looked at my uh, rest of season projections, yeah. and they're four par- four points apart. So it's really close. Yeah. Uh, but I feel a little better about Evans' durability so far in his career and his touchdown upside. By the way, Evans, third unluckiest in the league in terms of touchdowns so far. No touchdowns, but his OTD is 1.3. That gap, again, third largest in the Give league. Give me the guy who's producing right now. I'll take Cooper Cup. My little Cooper okay. Cup. All right, Andrew is the next question. What do you have for us, Keith, from Andrew? Actually, we're we're gonna skip Andrew. Just we're gonna go to <laughs> we're gonna go to Big Band C, and it says uh, Cam was dropped in the majority of my leagues. Should I add and stash him, or are we not going to feel good about him at any point this season? I mean, if you have a <laughs> roster spot that's just yeah. sitting there, that's fine. But I don't see any rush to add Cam Newton. I don't know when he's gonna be back, mm-hmm. and he's been bad. And quarterbacks are hard to roster two at a time. Yeah, I would need some sort of confidence that he's gonna come back running the ball. I mean, if you told me that was going to be the case, then I'd be more inclined to keep him on my bench. But we don't know that right now. He had two of his lowest rushing uh, attempt numbers of his career in weeks one and two. He's just he's, not running the ball. It's a problem. He, he's not right. Is mm-hmm. just all the way around. So I don't know. I don't know that you can even break it down to like, is he going to stop running, but come back and be effective throwing? And if his foot's really bothering him that much, is that ultimately impacting the way he's delivering the ball, throwing it? I just, I, I would not be adding and stashing him right now. Calling this right now. We'll be having a lot of questions about Kyle Allen next week. He's going to be sneaky good on Sunday against the Cardinals. Sneaky. Yeah, that Cardinals defense, that'll that'll make you look good. Uh, Gerald wants to know, with reports of A.J. Green not being close, is John Ross a good bet to sustain value, or do you consider him a sell high? I think he's going to. He's a great sell high candidate. Mm-hmm. If you watched the game last week, a 68 yard touchdown late in the game. I love the target share. I like the explosiveness. That being said, this is a great example of a sell high because you could probably recoup a starting running back right now for John Ross. He's going to be. He's going to be an effective player for them. Clearly, they have. Um, they have found a better way to utilize him. But this is a good example of a sell high. Yeah, it'd be easier to know. It, it would be easier if we knew when AJ Green was coming back. But uh, I mean, he's been playing pretty well so far, and he's wide receiver 15 in OFP. So. So he has uh, had a lot of target volume. It suggests that he could sustain wide receiver two numbers. But again, t- over his head in the touchdown department, three touchdowns. His OTD is actually 0.2, which means that his per- touchdowns have been low percentage throws and they're really hard to count on. Uh, I do Again, I do like the, the uh, target numbers, but Cincinnati's been throwing the ball a ton. I don't know if they're going to keep doing that going forward. I mean, they might be behind a lot and have to, but uh, I'm with you. I do think he fits the, fits the bill of a guy you want to explore trades. Uh, try try and move on from him, but uh, at the same time, I wouldn't just give him away. But you know, I, I it would have to be someone good because I think he can continue to be a top twenty five receiver. I mean, just to go back to the AJ Green chatter because I know people are wondering because everybody heard like there was this six to eight week timetable that was issued around the time that we knew he was having this procedure on his ankle after he injured it in the preseason, and then recently he spoke to the media for the first time uh, since he's been out injured and said, "I don't know where all the reporters got six to eight weeks. This is something that's going to take." longer and it's got a heel on its own and he is a very sharp guy who is 1000% dedicated to his rehab so he's a guy to me that he's going to do everything by the book and he's probably been told you got to take it slow I've said all along that my concern was not just when he would come back but how he would be able to sustain after he comes back given the nature of his injury I I think there's reason to be concerned until proven otherwise and I wouldn't be counting on him before uh, I, I think people assumed he'd be back by the end of September. I certainly wouldn't plan on that now. Keith, a couple more quick ones to wrap it up. Yeah, a couple of flex questions. One from W. Key wants to know, James White or Demarcus Robinson in a PPR league? YOLO, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at our projected points. I have 11 for James White. I have 11 for Demarcus Robinson. So what is that? So mean? who do you like? I, 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 feel a little, uh, I feel like the upside with Robinson's a little more right now. I would lean that way. Yeah, I like James White this week though. He's safe. Like I feel like this is this could be a big James White game. Interesting, Interesting. Yeah. because you, you guys know, didn't feel like it would be a big Edelman right week. So yeah, I, yeah, I feel like Michelle it should be. Week. Yeah, well, Sony Michelle. I think there's going to be a lot of running back play, but he's going to catch passes. So okay, I, I like James White this week. But going forward, I'd go with the high flying offense in the in Kansas City. Last one comes from Dill Pick Seventeen. Wants to know. <laughs> I, it's I just. <laughs> That's short kind of for weird dill to say. Philip Lindsay or Terry McLaurin. Wait, Terry I'm assuming McLaurin's PPR. A hot or... new name, right? Like, doesn't say PPR or not, but I'll, I'll say PPR in this case. 
bad matchup for McLaurin against a good Bears defense on Monday night. Feels like, you know, Philip Lindsay against a very tough front seven of Denver. I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin and ride the hot hand here. Let's go. I'm going Lindsay. I'm, I think he's a good DFS play this week as well at home or on the road at playing the Packers who have given up a lot of points to running back so far. Uh, he is again. He's another guy who's expected total or OFP is actually much higher than you think. He's gotten a lot of work in the passing game despite uh, terrible efficiency running it, a lot like Damian Williams. So I think he's a slightly better play. Let me ask you this question, guys, just to make it fun. You want to do a board bet on that? Sure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you just make it fun? Is that what happened? Because I didn't feel it. Oh, you yeah. didn't feel like it was no, fun no. right then? Yeah. Oh, thanks yeah. to fun. Um, if you want to, Mike, you want to do a McLaurin versus uh, Philip Lizzie board yeah, yeah, like Okay, here we go. Week. Okay. I say Terry McLaurin and PPR scoring outscores Philip Lindsay in week three. I say Philip Lindsay outscores Terry McLaurin, who I love, by the way, in PPR scoring <laughs> this week. Put it on the board! Put it on the board! Um, Put it on the board! That was what atrocious. What did, I, what did I do? Sure I'm so sorry I did that. Was that fun? We'll try to keep up with the board bets. You can see the board for those that are watching the live stream on occasion, depending on the shot we are in. We are back on Friday to review, preview every single game for week three. Plenty of action. All the latest information you need on injuries, statistics, projections, forecasts, weather, and Mike Clay, and other, all that kind of stuff. Me, Matthew Stavania. We'll talk to you guys then. Peace out. Twitter says he loves college hoops and talking tribe. Like Shefty and Secret Squirrel, he's a two-phone guy. If you're looking to start a bowling league, he already has a team. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, the chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.